Welcome to the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. This episode features Mervyn Sunbow as he speaks about the life that is in Christ. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, email us at info at globalmissionsinc.org. We often refer to the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians as the love chapter, and rightly so. We could also refer to Romans 8 as the, as the life chapter. This chapter is all about life. Not the life of the natural, but the embodiment of spiritual life. We know, we know much about natural life, for we have experienced it. We are still troubled by the Adamic nature, or what the scripture refers to as the living soul, or the first Adam. This nature is subject to fleshly desires, to sickness, and to all manner of decadence and deception. The flesh life is summed up very succinctly in 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the flesh. Pardon me, is of the world. Thank God there is a divine plan That is, there is a remedy whereby we are delivered from the nature we received at the time of our birth. This plan includes the full salvation of spirit, soul, and body that Jesus died for. His death and resurrection paved the way for the impartation of resurrection life for us, for the entire creation. Let us not forget that Jesus died for these bodies of ours, as well as our spirit and soul. I refer you to Second Thessalonians, the 23rd, or pardon me, the 5th chapter, the 23rd and 24th verses. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, that is, set you apart, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and will also do it. The eighth chapter of Romans dwells on the last Adam, that is Christ, who is the life-giving spirit. Romans 8, 1 and 2 from the Phillips says, No condemnation now hangs over the head 
of those who are in Christ Jesus. For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ Jesus lifts me out of the vicious circle of sin and death. I don't know where we are on the continuum of the metamorphosis from the caterpillar to the butterfly. But just as surely as that natural transformation takes place, there is a spiritual transformation taking place even now. As is described in the following verses, as we have borne the image of the earthy, that is, the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, found in 1 Corinthians 15, 49. I also would like to refer you to 1 Corinthians 15, 46, which says, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. We are on a journey, and the culmination of that journey is entering into resurrection life. Israel was on a journey from the land of bondage to the promised land. Their journey was different than ours, but it was a journey that had a destination in mind. And God led them every step of the way. Yes, they went through troubled times. Yes, they were disobedient. But there was a people, there, there was a people that entered in to that land of promise. There is a land before us. There will be adversity along the way. But trials build character and teach us obedience. Even Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Hebrews 5, 8 and nine. The life that Paul describes in the eighth chapter of Romans is resurrection life. For notice in verse 11 of the eighth chapter, he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I would like to give you that scripture from the Phillips as well. And it is put this way. Nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will, by that same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength 
and vitality. These mortal bodies are the ones that we walk around in day after day. Notice that it is these mortal bodies of ours that the spirit quickens with new strength and energy. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I think there is no doubt that we have yet to experience the abundant life that he is speaking of here. We have experienced the life that is in Christ in a <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in a measure. But there is a fullness yet to enter into. Brother Miller, in his introduction tonight, used the word vision, I noticed many times. And I'm going to use it once again. What I've been talking about is the vision that we must never lose sight of. The vision that we must not allow to grow dim. The vision that we must keep before the church and encourage one another in. And it is this. Christ working within. Bringing about progressive and life-changing transformation. From the earthy to the heavenly. From the image of dust to the image and likeness of Christ. Paul expressed this deep desire to experience life in Christ when he said in Philippians 3.10, if I'm not mistaken, Brother Luff referred to this scripture last night when he was ministering on truth. And it says this, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. In the sixth chapter of Romans, Paul explains what conforming to Christ's death really means. And I read as follows. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly 
we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's from Romans 6, 3 to 5. Let me outline very briefly for you what most of you in the sound of my voice tonight have experienced. We have experienced the joy of sins forgiven. That is salvation. We have experienced being buried and rising out of the waters of baptism. We have experienced the ecstasy of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we have experienced the impartation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. And that experience lays out the pattern of our ministries and gives direction to our lives. And it is to this direction, it is to these ministries that we must be faithful, that we must not neglect. It remains, therefore, that we must still enter in to the complete inheritance or our full redemption for which Christ died. The only path to that entrance is for the flesh to die, for the self-life to be repudiated and replaced with the nature and character of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1 7. And he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Philippians 1 6. God's promises are sure, and they are yea and amen to all who will believe. The transformation is a process. He will complete that which he has begun in yielded vessels who desire to be conformed not to this world, but rather to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, found in Romans 12, 2. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives. The flesh will never accomplish it. You remember what Paul said to the Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians. How you have been misled. You began in the spirit. Now do you think you're going to be perfected in the flesh? The flesh will never accomplish what the spirit of God wants to accomplish. With God, all things are possible. Jesus spoke those words in Matthew 19, 26. 
we sing the chorus of the song transformed as follows transformed by grace divine the glory shall be thine to thy most holy will o lord we now our all resign what a transformation what a redemption a few weeks ago i was listening to a a basketball coach being interviewed because he had received the honor of being named nba coach of the year for 2020 he coached the toronto raptors to a basketball championship the previous year what caught my interest was when the interviewer asked him what the secret to his success was the short answer was pretty simple he said that when he got up in the morning his first thought was what could he do today to take one step closer to a championship he instilled that vision in his players he caused them to think in terms of being champions the goal was not just to compete the goal was to be the best basketball team in the world his players translated that that vision into reality on the basketball court as i listened to that interview it struck me that there was a spiritual analogy here i will personalize it what are my thoughts as i arise in the morning do they fall along the lines of the natural or the spiritual can i take one more step toward maturity in christ today can i be directed by the spirit today in opportunities that come my way can i dwell in the secret place of the most high and abide under the shadow of the almighty today can i walk by faith and not by sight today can i let the beauty of jesus be seen in me today will i offer him praise and thanksgiving as the fruit of my lips today the list of questions is endless but they all lead to answers that bring us to a closer communion and relationship with jesus christ our savior and ever closer to the renewing of our minds the healing of our bodies and the ultimate goal the ultimate goal of complete transformation into more abundant life the life that christ is and that we have the privilege of partaking of 
and entering into. We often sing the chorus more abundantly, more abundantly, that you might have life and more abundantly. I will conclude tonight with a verse and chorus from the song Ho everyone that is thirsty as I awoke this morning this song was on my heart kind of going over and over and I'm going to read one of the verses to you in the chorus child of the kingdom you are a child of the kingdom be filled with the spirit nothing but fullness thy longing can meet tis the endowment that is it is the gift or provision of the Holy Spirit. Tis the endowment for life and for service. Thine is the promise. Thine is the promise. So certain, so sweet. And the chorus reads, I will pour water on him that is thirsty. Are you thirsty tonight? Are you thirsty for more of him tonight? He says he will pour water, the water of the spirit upon the thirsty. I will pour floods upon your dry ground. Open your hearts for the gifts I am bringing, for that which I am showering upon thee. While ye are seeking me, I will be found. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to conclusion tonight, we want the unction of your Holy Spirit to rest upon us in such a way that he will make us anew, that we will become that new creature that you speak of so forcibly in your word. Father, we want the power of your anointing to rest upon our lives. We want to enter into all that you have for us. Lord, we have entered in in part, and we thank you for that. But Father, we want the completion. We want the fulfillment of the full plan to be enacted in our lives. Oh, Lord, that we would desire more of you that we would desire to walk so closely with you, 
that we would hear your voice, that we would do as you say we're to do, that we would speak your words, that we would conduct ourselves as you want us to conduct ourselves. Father, let the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, let it so dwell in us that it will quicken, that it will make alive these mortal bodies. Oh Lord, we need that quickening. We have had enough of the living. We have had enough of the living soul and we need more of the quickening spirit, which is the Christ. Oh, come Holy Spirit, we need thee. Every hour of every day, we need thee. Guide us by your spirit. Help us to walk with you and to and to be faithful unto you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www dot global missions inc dot org